Welcome to Happy Trails, the podcast for trail riders. I'm your host, Jess, and this is episode three, Finding Healing on Horseback. My guest today has an incredible story to tell. Her name is Kathy Burns, and she overcame personal trauma by immersing herself in nature while traveling the country camping and riding. She's the author of Schlepp, Finding Healing on Horseback in the Lower 48 States. In the book, she describes her experiences traveling solo with her dog and horses while healing herself on the trail and through her art. Hi, Kathy. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks for having me, Jessica. It's good to be here. It sounds like you took an amazing reformative journey around the U.S. with your horses and your dog. Tell us how this started. Well, um, it was a crazy idea. It was not anything that I had spent years thinking about, except that I was in a very unhappy marriage, and the view from my bedroom looked out on the mountains. And I used to just, in my low moments, fantasize about getting on my horse and just riding off and never turning around. So it kind of grew out of that. And when I finally did leave my husband, um, I mentioned it to a friend, like, I'd just like to get on my horse and ride away and go ride in all 48 states. And But it still seemed like a crazy idea. And I mentioned it to my therapist. And she endorsed it as uh, being something that I should do, that it would be therapeutic for me. It kind of uh, just opened the door to like validity. It validated the idea. I decided I I really needed to fix what was wrong with me, um, and I was going to do it. So about a year after that, I I did. I I loaded my horses on the trailer, and I took off. Wow. Why did you set such a lofty goal of riding in every state? Well, that's a good question. No one's asked me that one before. Um, I, that's just sort of who I am. I don't don't ever do anything half-heartedly. I'm going to do something. Uh, it's it's going to be big. Uh, I wanted one of the things that I was searching for was uh, a cheaper place to live. I was living in Southern California, and having horses in in California is pretty expensive. And I was looking at huge downsides in my budget because I was in a horrible divorce at that time, and it was going to take years to settle and I just, the thought of having to sell my horses was really earth shattering to me. They were like what had grounded me for the last five, six, seven years. And I mean, I loved them as much as my children practically. It was, they were where I went uh, to get re-energized and repowered when, after a fight with my husband. So I was going to look for a cheaper place to live that was going to be horse friendly. So that was one of my goals. So that kind of like the 48 state thing came. And then I, of course, because I am an artist, I also said I was going to do a painting in each state. So um, I did that too. What was the emotional state that you were in when you started the trip? I was a mess. I had been in a, a really bad toxic marriage for 23 years uh, that had started out sort of okay um, and slowly progressed worse and worse. Um, In the beginning of the marriage, I was a successful New York City businesswoman, aggressive, tough, and I really didn't think that any of the red flags I was seeing in the relationship could ever get to me. I was, you know, superwoman. But by the time I finally left, I had 
I, I don't know what my therapist would call it, although she did tell me a couple. She did say I was PTSD. Um, I, I couldn't think clearly. Uh, writing a grocery list and just getting the right things in the grocery store was an extremely difficult task for me. I had was having panic attacks that started right after I moved out that would just debilitate me. Uh, and, and then I'd have to go to bed afterwards. I was so exhausted. I, I had no self-confidence. Uh, I was trying to find a job, but here I, I had, was like the top salesperson in the printing industry in the country when I was working. And, and when um, I was trying to find a job now, I'd been out of the workforce for 15 years because I was raising my kids. I had no self-confidence. I came across as such a wet wash rag. I got rejected from Trader Joe's to bag groceries. So I can't really emphasize what a mess I was. And probably if I'd been in a more sane state, I would have never even thought about doing this trip. Um, but I was in a very desperate place. And uh, I'd had heard projections from a support group that it would take at least five years to recover from a divorce. And that's if there wasn't any abuse involved. And that thought just blew me away because I... I couldn't wait five years. I was, you know, fantasizing about jumping off balconies at that point. So I needed to fix myself fast. I knew that my kids were in, in turmoil for everything that had been going on in the home and that I couldn't help them at all in the state that I was in. Plus, I didn't want to spend the rest of my life miserable. So I, I when my therapist told me that this would be therapeutic for me, I really jumped on it because uh, therapy was was like holding me together, but the progress was slow and I was suffering so badly. And I had had this urge to run away from the mess of my life for such a long time. So this journey kind of filled that need. Uh, I also strongly believe in the healing power of the horse. I'd uh, done training with Igala therapy and I'd worked with PTSD soldiers and I, I knew that uh, it worked and it was endorsed by the Veterans Association and I'd seen it work just in mock sessions uh, in my training. So I, I knew that the horses have this ability and when I would ride them in the mountains, I would feel... Uh, a physical sensation starting in my legs and energy that would course through my body and made me, they were literally sharing their strength with me. So that might sound kind of crazy to some people, but I mean, I'm, I'm a very honest person. I'm not lying. This is the truth. So that, and then I like, I know that when you're out in nature, um, there's something very healing about it being in nature. And to me, in particular, in the mountains, I don't know what it is. It's like I'm, you're closer to God or something, but I really adore the mountains. So those three, three things combined, I thought, would uh, heal my psyche because I, I just uh, I didn't want to live anymore in the state I was in. That's very heavy, but I think there are plenty of people out there in the world who can relate and feel the same way you do about the healing power of, of horses. And I think that's why many of us do enjoy trail riding, because it's a, it's a way to get away from people and your problems and 
connect with nature. What was your previous experience with horses? I had ridden a little bit as a child um, in grammar school, but we started moving when I was in seventh grade and and, uh, I was not able to pursue it after that. And I had, after that, didn't ride at all until um, my middle son fell in love with horses because they brought a pony to his Montessori school every Friday and he was horse crazy. And he started begging for a horse for Christmas and somehow that like brought this feeling up in me of like, you know, that was like my denied gift as a child. And um, I was not going to let this happen to my son. So we, we got him a horse when he was six years old. And I started taking riding lessons with him as something to do with him, uh, an activity that we could share together. And within a couple of years, for my 50th birthday, I bought myself my first horse. And that was Dreamy. And I'm that dreamy uh, just passed last month. So it was heartbreaking, but I, I had her until the end. I, I, after I got dreamy, I got another one pretty quickly after that. For nine years, basically, I'd had two horses. Um, and when I, I'm a pretty intense person when I find a passion. I was at the barn every day, most of the day. I was, after a while, riding horses, helping my trainer out with horses that had to get ridden. I... Um, took clinics all the time. I got Pete Ramey's DVD set and studied hoof care. I I was obsessed with horses. So by the time I left, I felt completely competent in being able to care for them while I was on the road. But I had never been horse camping before. I had done some packing trips up in the Sierras, uh, which were incredible, but they were all professional packers that took care of all the nitty-gritty work. But I did take a, a course up there with, with the Rock Creek Pack Station, and mostly what I learned on that trip, besides how to pack a mule, which I wasn't doing on this trip, but he, he was a vet, and he taught us all emergency vet care stuff out on the trail. But I had never driven a big trailer like that. Uh, I'd never had a truck before. My rig before that, I used to haul my horses around in a Brender up, which is like this fiberglass two-horse thing from Europe. And I pulled it with a BMW SUV. And I went from that to a 2,500 long bed diesel with a 30-foot trailer. It was a huge adjustment for me. Yeah, I bet it was. Uh, What kind of trouble did you get yourself into? Well, the driving was the worst part of everything for me. Uh, I was very fearful driving. I was so worried about the horses getting hurt. But I did a test trip the month before I left, and it was a disaster. I did serious damage to the trailer. Uh, The horses did not get hurt, thank God. Um, And while it was in the repair shop getting repaired, I took private lessons at Dobson's Professional Truck Driving School in um, Arcadia. They were waiting for parts for the trailer, so I used my trailer for the uh, lessons, so I was actually driving my vehicle. It was a really good, that was a blessing. God made me wreck that trailer, so I would do that because that was really helpful. I was much more competent when I actually set out on the road. Did you do much pre-planning and preparation for the trip? 
it was about a year from the time that I announced I was doing it to the time that I left. And I, I tried like heck to plan it, um, but I, I, I wasn't functioning very well. I mean, I, my mental facilities were just not working right. I didn't know anybody else that had ever gone horse camping to ask. Uh, the internet was around, but I wasn't that tech savvy and there weren't as nearly as many resources on it as there are now. So I was looking up uh, national forest campgrounds that had horse facilities. And that's where I, uh, I planned my first couple stops. And I was going to just do it that way all along. Um, and then along the way, I was educated by other campers. When I was in Missouri, I was given several uh, websites and Facebook groups that I should join and re use as references. And that made a huge difference in my ability to plan my route. My second stop was in Idaho at a rancher that I had been boarding my daughter's horse at. Everything on the trailer was so perplexing to me. All of the electrical systems and the propane and the, so he spent a lot of time helping me out with that. And while I was there in Idaho, we got snow and I was heading to Montana. He said, you better rethink that because they just got six feet of snow in Montana. So um, he said that I should plan my next stop as I went along because uh, it was a very erratic weather winter that year. There was something coming down called a polar vortex. And um, he said I should check the weather and uh, plan my next state. And I, I immediately started heading south. I knew I wanted to be in Florida by Christmas time. My father lived there and he he had uh, recently been diagnosed with stage four cancer, and I, I wanted to spend some time with him. Um, and so that I started heading south, southeast at that point. And then once I was in Florida, when I did finally leave Florida, I then had my next leg planned on a spreadsheet, and I was much more organized. Did you have a timeline for completing the entire trip? I had a timeline of a year. I figured there's 48 states, and if I spent a week in each state, that would be about a year. That whole plan fell apart eventually because when I got to Florida, it was apparent my dad was really sick. And at that point, I also was feeling like I just couldn't do this. It was I, I was having a very low self-esteem moment. At that point, uh, somewhere around New Year's, I, I told my kids I was going to come back to California and I was going to find a job and I was going to quit. But then I didn't. <laughs> I, I um, ended up leaving in April for, for leg two. So how many of the 48 states did you actually complete? I made it to 43. Uh, and I didn't count. There were some states that I had overnighted in, but I didn't count those. I only counted it if I camped there and rode both horses. Both horses had to get ridden there. And I did a painting there. So I had like all these rules. Uh, but I, So I count 43 states as being done. But when I was leaving the campground in Montana, it said right on the website, it's a forest campground, and it said not recommended for big rigs. And I had called and talked to the ranger, and he said it would be, he thought it'd be okay. And I got in just fine. But leaving camp, I did not get out just fine. And I ripped off all the piping underneath of the septic system and the generator wiring underneath the trailer and bent the rear axle of the trailer. And so I called it quits at that point. 
So I crawled at about 15 miles an hour into town and found a a guy that supposedly could repair trailers. And, well, he first told me he couldn't touch it for two weeks. Um, but then he assessed the floor and uh, he said it was safe. So uh, I was not that far from my rancher friend in Idaho where I'd started out. Uh, it was a day's drive away. So I drove to Idaho and dropped the horses off there and then drove the trailer to Idaho Falls and left it there to be repaired and then drove back to California just in the truck. I came back to Pasadena, rented a house, and uh, Dreamy was up there for six months. Um, Wildflower, I did not get back uh, until... I got my ranch here in Tehachapi in 2017. So Wildflower was up in pasture for three years. I think they're pretty dang happy up there. They had uh, a couple hundred acres to roam on. Uh, it was managed pasture. So there was a rancher there looking out for them and threw them hay in the wintertime. And it was only $225 a month as opposed to, you know, close to $1,000 a month in L.A. So uh, that was a no-brainer. What areas of the country did you enjoy the most? My favorite place to ride was Wyoming. I camped uh, intensely at the foot of the, the Bighorns, and we would stock trailer up like a 15-minute uh, ride up the mountain and be riding in the most incredible landscape. By this point, I had ridden in a lot of beautiful places, and I'd and Sierra Mountains in California are beautiful. There's nothing like what I rode in while I was in Wyoming. We were up over 10,000 feet. There would be huge meadows with streams meandering through it. There'd be giant old growth pine forests, sometimes snow on the ground. It, it was The vistas were unbelievable. The town of Tensleep itself was such a cool town because it, 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 ha- it attracts people that want to ride up there, but it also attracts rock climbers. And so it's an interesting group of people. It was so, so beautiful. And that's where I wanted to end up living. I told my kids about that. My daughter said that she really wanted me to stay closer to California because her goal was to eventually have a family and she wanted me to be a part of her family. And that was really so meaningful for me because my kids were really mad at me for blowing up the family and they were really unhappy for me when I took off on my journey. So the fact that she wanted me to be a part of her future family, um, I changed my decision and I I ended up in in California. Well, I can tell you from firsthand experience that Ten Sleep has not changed that much since you were there. It is still a very small, very quaint agricultural village at the foot of the Bighorn Mountains. And it is a world-renowned rock climbing destination. And that's half the reason that we we went there last summer. The trails up in the mountains there are just gorgeous. And then you can ride on the flat prairie lands and see red sandstone canyons that make you think you're in Utah or Arizona. It's a very, very special place. I'm not surprised at all that it's one of your favorites. I actually did several paintings of Wyoming. I loved it so much. But there, I've got one that I'm thinking of that was, I had taken my dog for a walk. The, the sun was c- coming up or coming down and hit these, this wall of mountains. that, And it, it was fluorescent. It was unbelievably beautiful. Oh, yeah, it's a really pretty place. Are there any states that 
you wish you could have explored more and spent more time in? Mm, not really, because, um, so it's not like I really got to explore the states very much. I didn't do really any touristy things. You know, it wasn't about being a tourist to me at all. I, I got the most gratification out of the people that I met. Really horse people everywhere in general. They're just really nice people. They'll do anything for you. People were, were helping me left and right, especially when they found out I was alone. If something was broken, I mean, one lady lent me her husband for the entire day trying to troubleshoot my generator that was not working. Women started praying for me, which was not something I was used to at all. I had not been religious in a long time. Uh, I found that really wonderful, kind loving people along the way. And that was a big influencer um, in my recovery. Were you able to actually enjoy the experience of riding your horses or were you so emotionally distraught and wrapped up in your head you couldn't enjoy it? I always enjoyed riding. <laughs> and in fact, even in the worst part of my marriage, I always enjoyed riding. It was the only time I felt normal that I felt happy, that I felt powerful. It was a temporary uh, healing relief thing that I had, you know, always in my darkest moments. It's, it's always, to this day, it's been the same thing if I'm having a bad day. If I get on my horse and go out, I know I'm going to feel better. And, and so that's, it's important that I get out and ride all the time. Was there a point in time on the trip when you felt that you were starting to become healed? After there was this prayer circle in Missouri, they asked if they could pray for me. And I cried the entire time. No one had ever uh, prayed for me before that I knew of. Um, and that actually stirred up like a lot of bad memories from my childhood and, and from marriage. And um, by the time I got to Florida, you know, a couple months later, I um, decided I needed, I needed something. Uh, it was very low self-esteem moment, um, and I started going to church there. And I had a very, uh, there was a very dynamic pastor. He really uh, helped me a lot, and I got baptized while I was there. And things started to uh, change for me simply because I had hope now. I, it, I felt better, and I felt like I have hope for a future. There is order to this chaos, what I call my life. And I still had some more challenges to go through on my trip. My mother died uh, halfway through the trip, and I had a lot of issues with my mother, so that wasn't just like your normal grieving thing. I actually was really angry at her. And so I had a lot of things to deal with, and, and my newfound faith helped get me through that. And and it's you know continued after the trip, too. I think the more that I... I've journeyed on this uh, faith walk, the um, stronger and more confident and I, I feel about life. There is a point to my existence and I do, I strongly feel like I have a purpose now to tell my story and to give other women that are in a trapped uh, marriage or bad situation, to give them hope that there's light on the other side. What you're experiencing is probably considered abuse, and no one should ever tolerate that. You, you, it might be the most scary thing that you do is to walk out that door, and it's not going to be better right away. But you can have a life again. You can have a wonderful life again. And it's, I really feel like this is my last chapter in life. My purpose is to educate women that this can be done. 
And that was really the main reason that I wrote the book. Your story is so incredibly emotional and inspiring. Thank you so much for talking to me about it today. How can people purchase your book? The book is available on Amazon as either a paperback or on Kindle. And it's called Schlepp, Finding Healing on Horseback in the Lower 48. You can also look me up on at my blog, which is www.schlepp.blog. And I'm also on Facebook as Kathy Burns. Kathy's story is moving and so inspiring. We all experience lows in life, and it's good to be reminded by tales like hers that no matter how bad it gets, there's always hope for the future. Horses really are wonderful creatures. Just being near them brings me peace and happiness, and I know that I wouldn't be the person I am today if it weren't for the horses in my life. As Winston Churchill famously said, there's something about the outside of a horse that's good for the inside of the man. In my opinion, truer words were never spoken. Thanks so much for joining me today. The Happy Trails podcast was created and produced by me, Jessica Isbrecht. The show's music was written and performed by Jason Shaw. Until next time, happy trails. Happy trails.